Hi, and welcome to School of Hustle. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is the show where we chat with everyday entrepreneurs about everything that goes into starting a new adventure. Rock climbing is not only adventurous, but it's also physically and mentally demanding sport that tests one's strength, endurance, agility, and balance. Lizzie Van Patten, co-founder of She Moves Mountains, noticed that women are significantly underrepresented in the guiding industry. She Moves Mountains is an organization that strives to create educational space for all women to realize their strength through outdoor retreats and skills clinics. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to found this? Because the story is really interesting. I think people would love to hear it. So when I graduated from college, I had saved up some money and I really wanted to go to South America Mm -hmm. to explore. And I had been in a period of time where I was struggling with depression and really needed to find something that brought me joy and excitement about being alive. And Mm -hmm. I signed up for a mountaineering course before I went because I wanted to go to Patagonia and I spent 10 days with 10 men and got to climb Mount Baker in Washington, went into this other area, climbed around there. And then in October of that year, I went down to South America and I spent six months traveling and climbing through Patagonia. And when I came back, I realized that I couldn't go to a normal life after living six months out of my backpack. And so I moved to Bend, Oregon so that I could climb and work And when I started working as a guide, it was me and just one other woman out Mm -hmm. of probably about 30 something guides at a world known rock climbing destination. And so we got to host small clinics here and there. And I realized the community and just how special these experiences were in all of my guiding experiences, I had never been able to learn from a woman. So in my guiding courses that I've had to take to get certified, I've never been taught by a woman and oftentimes I'm the only woman on my course. And so after hosting a few of these with my different rock climbing company, um, my partner and I decided that we wanted to start She Moves Mountains and we started them and just started running our clinics and built up from there. And how much of an impact do you think it makes when another woman sees a woman in this position, she's running her own business, she's doing something that typically a man does. For me, it's really inspiring. And so tell me about that impact that you've seen on other women. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear the feedback because it's something that I haven't received even still. <laughs> and so... I'll hear a lot of the time from women, they'll tell themselves like they'll they'll almost make excuses in the way that like, well, a man did it. So it's okay. It's okay if I can't do it because my body's not built like that. But if they see me do it, then they don't get to have that excuse anymore. And I'll hear them say to me things like, wow, like you're short like me and you can do it. So that means I can do it. And I think it's really special to kind of challenge what it means to look like and to be a rock climber just through like my very existence. Yeah, it truly is inspiring because as women, we are 
in some ways kind of put into positions where these are things that are appropriate for women. These are things that women do and these are things that men do. And, and typically adventure sports are more male dominated. So mm -hmm. it's really great to see you going into that industry. And have you been able to mentor more women to get involved in rock climbing and adventure sports because of it? As we grew, a lot of people wanted to volunteer or come. And oftentimes too many bodies just ends up being a lot more work. And so what we did was we created a formalized mentorship program. Since we've started that, we've seen, I think, seven or eight different women come out of that program and get jobs as climbing guides. And on top of that, my staff itself, two of them began as mentees and have worked into this sport. And now there are eight of us that live and work at Smith Rock for the most part, as opposed to just two. So you're not only leading the way yourself, but you're helping other women get opportunities to lead the way and inspire other women. I'm loving that. That is, that is what I like to hear as a female <laughs> entrepreneur myself. So you really teach women how to find their strength. I'm curious, how did you find your strength? I think mine came through rock climbing. I think, not I think, I know that it did. <laughs> And, and counseling, I did, I went through years of counseling where I really learned to challenge my insecurities. I was pretty insecure for a really like big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And it just, even when I used to think about rock climbing, I'd been invited to go many times and I just said like, no, I'm not good enough or no, I'm not like strong enough or, you know, whatever excuse enough. And finally, one day I decided to go and I felt so powerful and so capable and so full of life. And so from that, I just kind of chased that feeling for a while. Yeah, it sounds like by pushing your own limits, you've actually allowed yourself to grow and allowed other women to grow. And I think part of She Moves Mountains is is a big step in that in that direction because originally you you didn't know how to rock climb and now you own a whole business. What was the first thing you did when you decided to start She Moves Mountains? I actually didn't want to start a business. I was hosting clinics under my old boss, Chalkstone Climbing Guides. And we wanted to do more clinics the following year, but he gave us permission to only do two. And I just felt like that wasn't enough. And so my partner and I, we had to talk it over and she really believed that we should move forward and start a business, but I loved my life so much. I'm a pretty simple person. And it took her really pushing me and telling me that I would still get to rock climbing. I would still get to have fun and do these things. But um, so I think once I, it wasn't really a want or desire to start it. It was, it felt like a need. And I mm -hmm. felt like if I didn't do it, then no one else was going to step into that space. And I had learned through the previous year, the power of that space. Yeah. And so once we decided that we were going to move forward with a business, it was figuring out how we were going to come up with the money to get it started. Yes. Um, tell we, me about <laughs> that. Cause that's often where most entrepreneurs are like, Oh, forget it. It's too hard. You know, that, yeah. that, that, that's the biggest obstacle for most people. <laughs> Starting a business was incredibly difficult. Um, or, I like your honesty. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> It was really scary for me. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I had this dream of doing something and, and you build it up and then 
you put it into the world and it's kind of like the world gets to decide whether or not your dream is a valid one or not, depending mm-hmm. on how they respond to it. And so that depends on how well you communicate what it is. So starting it, finding the funding for it was a huge thing. We had to get all the climbing gear for people to use. We had to wow. get insurance. We had to get permitting and all of this stuff. I had to learn how to do as well. There's no like, Oh, you want to start a climbing guide business? Like here is a recommendation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And it's kind of a competitive industry. Some people don't really want to help you either. And right. And it's all, it's mainly, run by men I believe or oh it's basically are you all any other women-owned climbing companies I know of one other one one out of like a hundred right <laughs> uh, probably more than that oh my god <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's why I appreciate what you're doing because I think like as as a as a female like seeing other people other women leading the way it, it makes you say I can do that too you know mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty cool but I also think that being being women and being mission driven gave us a a way to fundraise a lot easier we're not a nonprofit; we are a business Mm -hmm. um but we are definitely mission driven and so we decided to do a crowdfunding campaign to start it off and basically just put our clinics up and we needed to raise i think like twelve thousand dollars and and that was mainly for gear mainly for gear and, and liability insurance is huge. Right. That's huge with rock climbing. So the thing about rock climbing is that we can mitigate risk to a really high degree oh. when we're working with customers. Mm-hmm. And so like today I went out with a six-year-old and I'm not allowed to say that it's safe because it's still rock climbing. Yeah. It's inherently dangerous, but I think it's a hundred percent safe. So I can put people in situations and I can choose different routes or what we do mm-hmm. that I'm not worried about them getting hurt on. What would you say is the best piece of advice that you would give to someone that is like a little bit scared or hesitant, but they want to push their limits and try to rock climb? I think the best thing I can say is to just go try it, especially I'd say outside, but hire a guide because the difference between learning from a guide and learning from a friend Mm -hmm. is that a a guide knows all the tricks and like has experience teaching new people to climb yeah. and will help you ease into it. And is there a hundred percent for you? But if you can do about five to 10 squats and you can walk a mile, you can rock climb. Let's get a little bit back into uh, how you launched the business. So you got the funding through crowdfunding. Now you have the money to buy the equipment and the liability insurance. And so what is the next step here? I mean, marketing is crucial. It doesn't matter how great of a product you have if no one knows about it. Mm-hmm. And and I think for, yeah. <laughs> I, and I think one of the biggest things for me was trying to reach the audience that I was trying to reach. It's, it's women, it's women 18 and older. And I feel like a lot of women that I know grew up with the same insecurities around what we're capable of as I had. And so- Um, it was learning to talk about rock climbing and tell the stories of it in a way that felt accessible. And And that is so powerful because you know exactly what your customer's hesitations are because mm -hmm. you are your customer in a way. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that was a hundred percent how it was. It was, I was thinking like, what were the things that held me back from trying rock Mm -hmm. climbing for the first time? And then how can I market in a way that 
eliminates those fears for other people or eliminates those insecurities for other people and encourages them to try. I would go in, so I post on social media and then I would go into all sorts of Facebook groups and I would like share about the event that we were doing, go in and try to figure out how to be a graphic designer and post postings and all sorts of outdoor Facebook groups. And then anybody who wrote a comment even, I would send a direct message to them and talk to them and try to get them to come. They're like, this looks neat. I'm like, oh, it's super neat. You should totally come. And because I had no money to put into marketing, I would. (laughs) That is the definition of school of hustle, what you're doing. You were straight up hustling. I love it. It was crazy. And like to make it work for the first year, I, um, I lived out of a van for four years yeah. and I ended up living in a tent at Smith Rock State Park and renting my van out so that I could like make things work the first year around. How did you get internet or well, I guess cell phone data, but like, how did you charge things, take photos and all of the things involving technology when you don't have necessarily a I relied heavily on my community in those first few years. Yeah. Um, in the first few years of Shimon's Mountains, if, if like the biggest privilege I have is, is good friendships and good relationships. And I would park my van at their houses and they'd like go, let me go in and shower or do whatever I needed to do. So I would go and I would charge it my, my machines or whatever. And then there's also a coffee shop, Red Point Climber Supply. That is five minutes from Smith Rock. And I used to work there. And so I would go in and charge and do work and like buy a coffee or something, but coffee is a lot cheaper than rent. So. so speaking of relationships, you talked about how important it is to have relationships with all different types of people, those that support you, other businesses, friends, family to help get you off the ground. Do you have any advice on how to build and maintain relationships? I think one of the best things that any human can do is have a high level of integrity I think when you show up and you're your best self and you're honest and hardworking, but can also admit mistakes and then do better, you're going to build good relationships from that. I think that's the core of it. Um, I think throughout running Shimu's Mountains, I've made many, many mistakes. And I think one of my strengths has been the ability to admit those and apologize and try to make things right. And I don't think relationships get ruined by that. I think they get strengthened through that. Mm-hmm. And as far as like forming business partnerships, whenever I work with the company, I always try to bring like my very, very best self. And then from there, it's not thinking of like, what can the company do for you? I always go into those conversations as like, what can I do for you? Like, yeah. how can I build up your brand through working with me? Like, what are my special skills? What am I good at? And what can She Moves Mountains do that highlights the work that you do and can bring people to your company? So what's next for She Moves Mountains? It sounds like you have a lot planned. There is a lot planned. So next for She Moves Mountains is just kind of expanding our programming, both in terms of location and what we offer. Mm -hmm. So I would like to get into mountaineering. So climbing bigger mountains and teaching women those skills, as well as teaching the skills that we do in more areas right now. For the past few years, we've just been in Oregon and Washington, but we're expanding to California this year and to Utah as well. Are you planning on doing more retreats? I know with COVID, sometimes that can complicate things. So we are going to continue our retreats. We're just putting COVID policies into place. We ended up canceling everything for almost a year, but we've transitioned. So we used to rent a house out and everyone would share, but we 
have now switched to like single occupancy locations that are really great, like retreat centers where there's no shared spaces. And then we're also going to be doing some camping ones. So all outdoors. Totally. Has the pandemic affected your business in other ways as well? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. My entire business is on pause. So (laughs) I I hear you. I hear the pain. (laughs) So she, she moves mountains is a seasonal business. We usually run from the last weekend of March until the first weekend of October. Mm-hmm. And we were planning on hosting the biggest event we had ever planned that we were doing with our sponsor, Black Diamonds, at Smith Rock with over 35 women coming and oh. it was sold out. And it wasn't it mandated. like it would have been great. <laughs> it it would have been great. We rented out the Tower Theater to show the first ever all women's climbing film. And we had to cancel everything. And maybe you can, then- can do it once COVID's over hopefully yeah soon. I mean I think that once COVID's over things will get to come back around is there anything that you wish you could tell yourself when you were just starting out and you were not so sure the the biggest lesson that I have learned is to be really particular about who you choose to go into business with because the team that you build is going to represent everything that you do. And so really taking the time to move slowly, maybe even slower than you want and build the correct team for your mission and what you want to accomplish is huge. And then to just like take deep breaths when the criticism comes because- (laughs) Especially with social media, it's so fun. I mean, being being a woman in this industry who started a company with the skills that I've had, I I don't need this to be about that, but I've been like no, harassed while I'm accurate, working. I'm glad that you brought it around there because that's so true. I think as women, we are judged a bit more. In person, it happens online. It has happened across the board for me. And then even people that are my friends now will tell me like, yeah, when you first started your business, like we weren't sure about you. And, and that's just like, it's just part of it. You do something different. You challenge the norms. And I also have, I don't just teach women to rock climb. I've also kind of like shaken up the industry mm-hmm. in, in pretty big ways by how I do it. Because I think a lot of the past, it's been like, I'm your guide. I'm up here. And like, you're going to learn from me. And I'm this special macho person. And I'm like, I'm just like you. Let's go out. We can wear our cute, our cute earrings. We can and, be cute and do badass things. Yeah. Or we don't have to be if we don't want to be. Like you can be whoever you want to be and rock climb. And I think that's not how the rock climbing world has been for a really long time or ever. Well, is there anything else that you want to share before uh, we close, we like close this interview down? When you're thinking about going into a business or when you're thinking about trying rock climbing or trying something that scares you, I would like to remind people to not let the fear of being uncomfortable keep you stagnant. Like fear is a very good thing, but don't let it stop you from trying. And I think if I had allowed fear or insecurities or fear of failure stop me at any point in time, I wouldn't have been able to succeed at anything. And failure is just a part of the process and to embrace it and learn from it, take it as a lesson and then move forward. 
Man, you couldn't have said it better, Lizzie. It's been wonderful having you on the show, Lizzie. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to everyone who tuned in today. Now, if you want to learn more about Lizzie's business, you can visit shemovesmountains.org and follow her on Instagram at she underscore moves mountains or Lizzie Van Patten. That is all for this edition of School of Hustle. Keep up with all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream and download podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe to our show. We will see you next time. We're going high, high. Going low, yeah. We're going high.